Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I am your host, Sarah Heron, and it's time for a special Friday edition of Here for the Right Reasons. Today, I have two fun little treats for you guys. First, you're going to hear from Stefan Lovegrove. He is a life coach and author who's very good friends with Katie Thurston and a bunch of people in Bachelor Nation. You'll hear him kind of explain his Bachelor origin story. But most importantly, you guys, he was on the infamous trip in San Diego with Alana and Jasenia and Chris and Tammy. And he gave some fun insight into what he saw go down between, of course, Chris, Jasenia, and Alana. And I think it was interesting to hear from someone who was there and who has talked to all of these people as these allegations about their pre-show relationships have played out on social media and the backlash and how everything went down on Tuesday's episode. Um, And I just think, you know, you'll hear him, you know, admit that there was some sparks flying in San Diego, but it might have been a little more innocent than people thought. Um, But I'm excited for you to hear it. And you'll also hear Kaylin and Dean, of course, Bachelor in Paradise couple from season six, play a fun game of Bachelor Secrets. But first, here is Stefan. Hi, Stefan. How are you? Hi, doing well. Good to talk to you. Not from San Diego, actually, at the moment. (laughs) Los Angeles today. Uh, But yes, it is I. That is so funny. Um, I just want to first start, if you could give my listeners, Us Weekly audience, a little background on your friendship with with Bachelor Nation. Were you friends with Katie first, or is that just when I started talking to you on Instagram and following you and keeping up? So Katie was definitely one of my earliest. Um, Really, Katie and I both, I think, became very online people during the pandemic. Um, not that like I didn't use social media or whatever, obviously before, but I was literally sitting in an apartment in Los Angeles. Like I am going to go crazy. There is nothing to do. Uh, and you know, especially going into late fall winter of 2020, um, things were looking very bleak. Los Angeles for a while there was the global epicenter of the pandemic. And then January 6th happened and, you know, it was a dark time overall and I needed a break from CNN. And so I dived into this app called Clubhouse for several months there. And that is where I met Katie. Um, And she was definitely one of the earliest friendships there. Tammy Lee, along with that, uh, Chris Randone. I mean, a, a random group of people. And then, you know, I think things just snowball socially kind of in Bachelor Nation very quickly. But 
um, yeah, COVID friendships, as we call them, that have turned into just IRL friendships. Oh my God, Clubhouse. I forgot about that app. Is it still a thing? So I actually had dinner with people recently and they brought it up and I was like, I have not been on that app in about probably four or five months or more. So I couldn't tell you, honestly. Um, I think it is still going in theory. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was definitely a season for me that really helped me get through the darkest days of the pandemic in LA. And, you know, it's the same thing that's true with the internet in general. The, the relationships, online friendships, if you will, can be very real friendships if you make them that, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think that's Clubhouse is still on my phone somewhere, but okay, good to know. Um, that makes sense to me. Now, you were on this infamous San Diego trip that is getting a lot of attention on ABC on Mondays and Tuesdays. Can you just tell me how this group came together? Was, was it Katie organizing some of her friends? That's what I feel like people think, at least. Yes. So what's funny is now it feels like a lot about the San Diego trip is not nearly as like suspicious or secretive <laughs> now that we're at this point in paradise, obviously beyond Katie's season. But for a while there, it was so mysterious to people in so many ways. And I think it was almost fun to play into the, you know, what really happened <laughs> on that trip. And Anna Redmond did a caption does what happens in San Diego <laughs> stay in it like Vegas? So, you know, so much speculation. Um, here's what's funny that I think nobody knows. It actually was almost not a San Diego trip. So oh. here's what happened. Um, Katie had this short window of time before her season began. And she knew that things were going to get crazy just with her season airing and everything that came along with that. So... I believe she was calling it her like friend tour <laughs> that she wanted to come down to California and have with her friends before, you know, before she went into the swing of things with all of her season. Um, and so I remember I was literally in this room in my place in LA and I was on the phone with her and originally she was going to get a place in LA and invite people to come see her in LA. And I remember saying to her, just because of the state of things at that time, I think it might be a little easier to work with if you were in San Diego. And like, you know, I had already been there with Tammy, et cetera. And so I, I just said, I feel like San Diego is something you should consider. It might work out a little bit better. So I guess in some ways I should feel a little bit of guilt for how <laughs> that this even came together. But um, so yeah, so she ended up getting a house, in fact, in San Diego, not LA for this trip. And then different people came through at different points in the week. But that is where it all came from. That is so funny. San Diego sounds more fun than LA because I feel like they could say that, you know, everyone lives in LA. So it's like not what happens in LA. It's San Diego. <laughs> well, it's also not spread out nearly as much as LA. So if you end up in LA and you want to do something spontaneously with someone, it might take you 40 minutes just to get across town. So it's very hard to kind of live in the moment, meet up with different groups, be spontaneous. I feel like San Diego lends itself much better to those kind of hangs just by virtue of it's a lot smaller. 
Well, you're obviously, you know, hanging out with a bunch of people from the franchise. There was, Jason was in there, Chris Bukowski, Chris Randone, Tammy, Alana, Marilyn, Anna, Sarah. So many people were in and out of this vacation. Jasenia, obviously. Um, when you were there, did you have any idea that whatever, you know, you guys hanging out was going to end up being like a storyline on the current season of Bachelor in Paradise? That's a good question. Um, so here's where I think people are forgetting a key piece with this is so, so, so many people were talked to about Paradise this year. And I have no way of knowing exactly how many. I think I heard on one podcast, they, they thought maybe 150 people had been asked or, or talked to in some way. A lot of people had Paradise on the radar. And so I knew that it was on people's minds at that point. Like, I think mainly not in a relationship sense, but just in a get the beach body ready sense. Mm. Paradise was definitely on people's minds. But what people need to remember is that no one knew who was going at this point. Like, everything was pure speculation. And there were definitely people that week who talked as if they might be going, they wanted to go, they were considering it, that did not end up going to paradise. So, well, I think it was definitely on people's minds. Um, nobody knew for sure what was going to happen. And, I mean, listen, after Stagecoach, I think there's always a little a little bit of hesitation and a little bit of jokes about like, oh no, is this going to be the next stagecoach? But I don't, I don't think anyone saw San Diego becoming nearly as relevant to paradise as it ended up kind of being. Um, that's so interesting. Cause yeah, this was, was it May, April or May? I think it was May. Cause May. I want to say it was maybe something like two weeks off of, Maybe two to three weeks off of Katie's season premiere. It wasn't far off. Um, that's so interesting because, like, May, don't they leave for Paradise in early June? Like, they, do they not? I guess they don't really get the, like, confirmation until pretty close to before they leave. So I don't remember exactly who told me this quote, but I know that at least from one person I've heard people say, don't take anything seriously until you have a flight. In terms of that's how you know that you're really going, I guess. So I, yeah, it was obviously like looming ahead, but I truly think nobody felt like they had a guarantee they were going at that point. Um, what I will also say though is, and this is where I, I do want to defend like everybody who was at that house, this group was so rule following when it comes to paradise and so that's where I do like I do want to stand up for these people because obviously like these are my friends I'm not pretending that I'm not biased here mm -hmm. but when I tell you how many times that week Sarah I heard somebody say we all know better than to put your hand in the cookie jar before paradise you do not do it I am telling you, this group was far more like rule following than I feel like I myself would ever be. So I do want to acknowledge that because I think to the extent that Paradise was on people's minds, they knew the rules and they respected the process. And so if you're going to try to make the argument like, you know, Joe was laying out in the episode, this is how Paradise works and you don't come on if you're in a relationship. If that's the, the discussion here, 
they knew the rules and they really followed them in this instance. I'm not saying Bachelor Nation people are always, <laughs> you know, letter of the law here. But in this instance, nobody knew for sure that they were going. And so I think there was a sense of don't mess it up for yourself. Don't put yourself in a bad position. I think people were very conscious of that. That's so crazy. Then how did we end up here with this Jasenia, Chris, Alana situation like turning into the San Diego of it all? I guess some people just think that there were connections formed there, even if they were innocent and then they were explored on the beach, but maybe it was the Piper Brendan of it all, just making, getting in people's heads. Like, it's so funny that you say that it was like discussed because as an audience member, it feels like there was like, I don't know, something crazy happened in this house between these three. Okay, well, so I have a lot of backstory about Tell me. this. First of all, we got to talk about the fact that Chris Conran, who I love, who is a friend, again, all of these people are friends. I admit that I'm not unbiased here, but Chris was not even supposed to be a part of this week at all. So I will send you the photo when we get done recording. The reason Chris ended up on this trip is because Katie Thurston and I had become friends with Chris Conran at this point. He was definitely in our clubhouse circles of like, we had done a lot of rooms with Chris Conran in them. Um, I had been with Chris Conran in San Diego prior to this. So Chris Conran was a friend of both of ours. And Monday night, I thought we were getting a slow start to the week. I got there the first night and it's already crazy. And so I had to adjust okay, it's going to be a wild week. So we're out in San Diego Monday night and a little bit drunk. I will take ownership of that for myself. <laughs> and I FaceTime Chris Conran in who's at home in Salt Lake at the time. And I was like, come to San Diego. We're having the best time. You need to come. Um, and here's the thing that I would just say about who Chris Conran is, is like, he is the kind of person that is very open, very spontaneous and in the moment, very go with the flow. Like I one time suggested to him, hey, I miss Lotte World. Do you want to go to South Korea sometime? And he's like, absolutely. You want to book flights right now? Like that's, <laughs> that is who he is for better or worse, even though it can get him in trouble. And so Monday night of that week, I spontaneously FaceTime him with Katie in the restaurant. And I said, Chris, come to San Diego, it's gonna be so fun. And he literally books a flight and comes. So that's the first piece of this is, nothing was arranged for somebody to see Chris. I, I like invited him. So there's that piece. <laughs> so then let's, that, right, here we are, I'll own it. So then let's talk about the two girls. So the photo of Jasenia, everybody was talking about last week, right? right. Um, and there's a photo in a collage of Polaroids with Chris and Jasenia. So again, like I, I truly remember all of these moments because I was there from Monday through Sunday, like the entire week. Um, so Jasenia and Chris were part of a group that was at this table, like at sunset, having drinks. I believe it was Chasen, Anna Redman, um, let me think. I wanna say Alana, Tammy, Katie, me, Chris Conran, Jasenia. I think that was the table. I, I feel terrible if I'm forgetting someone, but I think that was the table. So, you know, we're there for hours, right? People are getting up, going to the bathroom, going to get drinks. 
et cetera, et cetera, coming and going. Some people had to leave. Some people came later. At some point in that process, Katie has a Polaroid camera and we're just snapping pictures around the table of the group the whole day. Chris and Jasenia are across from us. A picture is taken. That is the picture, right? <laughs> and so th the funny thing about it is like, if, if that picture is evidence of a relationship, then, you know, maybe my mother will not be disappointed. And I am in fact dating a woman named Tammy Lee because <laughs> I have a Polaroid with Tammy Lee from the other side of that table at that, you know, at that exact location. So right. I actually really felt bad for Jasenia last week because with just this photo, people are reading so much into it. And I, you know, it's not their fault, I get it. But I also think what people forget, just to put it frankly, is there's a lot of hot people in Bachelor Nation and you can make a lot of combinations and put them in a photo together. And guess what? <laughs> they look cute. And I feel like I could come up with like a dozen photos of different hangouts on my phone where it's like, and this looks like they're a couple and they look really cozy in this one. And none of them are like actual relationships. You know what I mean? So right. that is the Chris and Jasenia photo piece of it. Um, where should we go from here? I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to give you all the tea, Sarah. <laughs> no, I'm loving it. Well, so there it just like confirmed straight up. There was no like love triangle born on this trip. So, okay. So here's what I want to say. The best description I can give you is I felt like it was not over the top obvious, but I felt like it was clear if you were like paying attention and perceptive. I did feel like it was clear that Jasenia had a crush. Mm -hmm. I did feel like it was clear that Alana had a crush. And so Chris was like a pre-existing friend for me prior to this trip. Jasenia and Alana were people who I met on this trip and both of whom I really loved, had a great time with. Um, it kind of felt to me like a situation that we've all probably been in where two of your friends both seem to like the same person, right? right? Which is always a little dicey, even if it's a rando at a bar, and even more dicey if it's someone in your friend group. So I witnessed that, and I, I just thought, but, but again, the thing you have to remember with Paradise, there's a reason people talk about these lists. You almost have to go in with multiple people on the radar because you don't know who's there. Right. So everything was an unknown. So I would have guessed, I think Jasenia has a crush on Chris. I think Alana has a crush on Chris. Who knows who's going to paradise and really who knows how this is all going to turn out. But I, I, again, I wouldn't call it like a, a love triangle at that point <laughs> because everybody was like, no, no man's land is not the right expression, but everybody was so overly cautious and nothing is going to happen before paradise. I, I truly just think it was two friends who both have a crush on the same person and we'll have to see how it all plays out. That makes sense to me. I mean, it's kind of just like, I don't, not to compare, not like it's like high school, but it kind of, it's like when you have a big group of friends and then, you know, things happen. Um, but when you're watching the episode for you as someone who is friends with everyone, do you think it was just like blown out of proportion and a miscommunication between, you know, either the girls or even Chris, like as Chris's friend, like, did you just like feel for him watching him try to navigate this on the show? Well, okay. So watching it, I think there's kind of two separate pieces in my mind. 
One piece is how did Chris handle the scene, Alana, for the first time, mm-hmm. right? And I will tell you, like, I have obviously talked to Chris and talked to him since the airing of the episode, and he's not asking for, for me or for anyone to defend him. So, you know, I think he is aware that how he handled that was not the wisest or the kindest possible way things could have been handled. Um, I could sit here and talk about factors that went into it being more of a blow up than it probably needed to naturally be. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think the VIP party setup um, just sounds unbelievably stressful to me yeah. <laughs> for everyone involved. Like, you know, these poor girls crying at the beach and they're like, what are our men doing at this party? Like, it, it's, a, it's a crappy setup for everyone involved. And I think what's particularly difficult, and I really do feel for Chris and Alana on this point is, when you go home early on in the show, I think people are often left with this sense of, should I have gone for it more? Like, I, did I not fight really hard to be there? And I've heard a lot of people mm. express that. Like, I didn't, put, I didn't make an impression. I wasn't willing to interrupt someone. I didn't, like, fight hard enough or want it badly enough. And so I think a lot of people leave with that thought And for better or worse, it's in your mind if you go back, like this time, I have to be bold. And so Chris went home early, we know that. Alana went home early, we know that. And now they're in this environment with a VIP party. And for for all they know, you don't get to bring the person down to the beach unless you make a connection. So do I think the timing of it and then the doing it on the dance floor was uh, obviously did not look good? Sure. But I also really feel for the just unfortunate situation that that VIP party was. So I think that's one piece of it. The other piece of it is what happens when they come back to the beach and everybody has decided that they are an illegal pre-existing couple and they need to be ousted immediately. Yeah. That was the part that I just thought was really confusing to watch. I mean, I think it was confusing to watch, too, as a viewer. I definitely think people jump to conclusions. And I think that also Justenia clearly has a lot of friends on the beach, which isn't a bad thing. But maybe, you know, she was obviously upset and things got a little, you know, people got riled up and it was just like a a little bit of a, you know, gang up kind of. But I also think, and this is me saying it, not you, that Piper and Brandon are getting, Brandon are getting away with stuff maybe because they did go farther on the show and Piper, they have a lot more friends on the beach and that Chris and Alana, maybe, you know, people didn't know them as well. So it was, it's easier to attack people who you're not close to, right? I mean, listen, I don't think it's a stretch to feel that the people on the beach had a hierarchy in mind because yeah. I think there were a lot of digs about night one. Who even is he? You know what I mean? So I think there was definitely an energy of that there. Um, I hesitate to to compare it to to Brendan and Piper only because I don't know what goes down next week. So they may face consequences and I I don't know how that all plays out. Um, What I will say though is there was this point clearly articulated last night by a lot of people. And by the way, by people I like. I like grocery store Joe. I like Riley a lot. But people continue to articulate this point that if you were already in a relationship 
you shouldn't be here. And I think the biggest thing to communicate with San Diego is, um, you know, are people in Bachelor Nation going to have crushes just naturally because there's attractive human beings that they might have interest in? Of course. But there was like no kissing, no dating, no, none of that. You know what I mean? Like, no, no alliances, no arrangements, no secret relationships. Um, and, and Sarah, I say this as like, I was the messy person that made us all play a drinking game one night <laughs> and people were like, no, we will not cross this line. So like, you know, if something would have happened, I would have seen it go down. But um, that's, that's, I guess, what I can speak to from my perspective is, you know, not only were there no... Us Weekly headlines, uh, in this case, there were also just no relationships. And so was there something brewing? Because if everybody in that house could have sensed that Jasenia had interest and Alana had interest, of course, there was something brewing of a possibility there in that sense that this could go any way. And like I said, I think we've all felt that in friend groups before. But I think it's really... It's really difficult to watch as a viewer and as a friend, the Brendan and Piper stuff unfold. And then these two be put in that category and punished even worse based on what we've seen thus far, when in fact, there was no relationship on any count, you know, with any of them. Yeah, I mean, that all makes sense to me. And I think it's this, who knows what, you know, there's just photographic evidence of this trip. Who knows what else happened with these people? I mean, anyone else on the beach and the DMs? It used to always be DMs. And then now I guess, you know, it's more, it's Polaroids, which is just funny because it's right. so innocent, but it's all at the Polaroids. Well, and I, I'll actually throw this in. I, I felt for Natasha on this point, because I saw a lot of people speculating why, you know, hadn't Natasha seen the photos and the articles and the right. Dumois? And where I kind of want to stand up, I, I haven't spoken to her about this, but where I kind of want to stand up for her and just this was my reaction as a viewer is there are a lot of people in Bachelor Nation that the second they are photographed together anywhere, dating rumors begin. And so, you know, we just saw this Connor and Kelsey at a club together in Nashville. All, cue all the articles. Yeah. Are they dating? Bree and Greg and trying to enter a club in Chicago or New York or wherever it was. Are they dating? And 90% of the time, many of these are wrong. And so I actually felt for Natasha because I understand why she would know that there was speculation out there or maybe even have seen photos, but wanted to believe that she was being told the truth because I have many instances where friends in Bachelor Nation were believed to be dating somebody and it was so off base. And so I think we do need to remember, like photos do not tell the whole story. And I wouldn't indict Brendan and Piper on a photo either. There was just an, I'm not making us weekly. Well, I can indict them. <laughs> But, I, but I'm saying to me, an article out there that you owned and celebrated is very different than a photo. And sure, the beach may not have known all of that at the time. I get that. But that's where I would say Piper and Brendan just feels like a different situation to me. And I do think in general, it is smart to be careful about photos because they, you really have no clue of the context most of the time. 
Yeah, that's true. And I also think, I mean, as someone from the news perspective, it's very interesting to keep up and navigate the way TikTok now is break, quote unquote, breaking news when they have pictures or videos of people versus like, you know, a Brendan and Piper was a source, was was like, you know, it was, it's a different, you know, more of an old school way of reporting news and stuff. But also the difference I think is the way that Brendan was caught, you know, saying some not so nice things about Natasha. And from what we saw, Chris and Alana didn't say anything bad about Jasenia, which, you know, should only make them look better from the audience perspective, at least. They weren't like on their date talking about her the way the other ones were, you know, in the corner talking about Natasha. Today's episode is brought to you by Birthdate Co. Birthdate Co. creates unforgettable personalized candles based on your birthday that make the perfect gift to give yourself or a loved one. These candles are all natural blends of soy and coconut wax, and they burn on average for over 60 hours. And the best part is they're based on your birthday, so they include your astrological sign and some of your natural traits. As a Scorpio, I really loved the personal reading that was surprisingly accurate. Each candle has a custom natural fragrance developed by master perfumers too. See why over 8,000 people have given birth date candles a five-star review. Our listeners get a special discount. Take 15% off your order of $50 or more by going to birthdate.co slash right reasons. Go ahead and treat yourself or a friend. You won't regret it. Take 15% off your order of $50 or more by going to birthdate.co slash right reasons. You may know Jeff Lewis from the hit Bravo series Flipping Out or his Sirius XM radio show Jeff Lewis Live. And now... Jeff is bringing you a brand new podcast we think you'll love called Jeff Lewis Has Issues. If you're a Bravo fan like me, you're no doubt going to love this show. Whether it's drama with family and friends, to parenting or relationships, there's no denying Jeff Lewis has issues. Jeff is joined each week by friends, experts, and celebs from Tamara Judge and Jackie Schimmel to Judge Lauren Lake, Patty Stanger, and others as they take a no-holds-barred deep dive into every detail of Jeff's life. Come for the laughs and leave feeling so much better about your own life. Check out Jeff Lewis Has Issues. You can subscribe now on Stitcher, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. I don't think, I mean, I, I think it was a messy exploration of dating for Chris. I don't actually think it was some extremely thought out gameplay. I just think it was him trying to figure it out and it was, it was messy. And listen, like I, I love Chris and I will support him as a human being no matter what. What's funny about this in retrospect is the Saturday night of that trip, almost everyone was asleep and I, and Chris had already left and gone home. And I remember I was outside on the deck and I was like talking to Chris on the phone for a few minutes. And I remember talking to him about the possibility of paradise. And again, it's just in such a hypothetical realm right now. But, you know, the San Diego trip was coming to a close. (laughs) And I remember saying something to Chris along the lines of, I'm a little worried for you if you do, in fact, go to paradise because um, it seems like multiple people are interested in you. And I love that for you. But I think it could get messy. And, you know, when all was said and done, obviously it did get messy. Um, I still believe Chris is the kind and funny and intelligent and generous person that I know. 
Do I think that this is a learning experience for him? Like a hundred percent. But again, I think he knows that. And I think another huge difference in this situation is I don't see Chris making TikToks out there about stealing your girl and like right. celebrating the behavior. You know what I mean? So I, I also think that's a big difference in this situation is it's one thing if you did something shady and you're going to double down on it and own it. It's another thing if like there are things you would go back and do differently and you know, it's extra messy on Bachelor in Paradise when you make mistakes. Um, but yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, like, it wasn't a game play for Chris at all. I just think it was a messy friend situation. And I mean, to this day, I feel for all of them. I care about Jasenia. I care about Alana. I care about Chris. I don't think any of them are terrible people. Um, you know, that's where I'm at with it. I don't know if you want to answer this or not, but what's like the status of the friend group now? Like, are these people still friends? Is anyone dating? That I don't know fully. <laughs> um, and I also think that like, to the extent that I have hints or nudges or ideas, <laughs> it's not my story to tell. Um, what I will say is, from what I heard Alana share on, I think it was Bachelor Happy Hour, it, it does feel to me like her and Chris did end up bonding a little bit over that jarring experience they had on Paradise. And, you know, what's interesting is I don't think, I really feel for Alana because I don't think she knew what she was walking into. In the Brendan and Piper clips, we kind of get this sense of, Maybe they were prepared a little bit to be hated by everyone, but like, we'll be hated together. I don't think Alana had any expectation of that going in. And I think it was particularly hard for her to walk into that. So I do think she and Chris may have ended up bonding as a result of that. Um, I don't know how everything's going to shake up. I feel like it's an ongoing situation. Um, honestly, I hope that everyone is able to like reach a point past the pain with this because, you know, I don't believe that anyone in this particular situation deserves to be like a permanent villain in these people's lives or like right. a permanent enemy. It's just messy and hard. And like, I, I hate to be a broken record with this, but I go back to when, when in the same friend group, two people both have interest in one person, there are very good odds that someone's going to end up hurt or disappointed, or in some way, shape, or form, not happy with the outcome. And I hate that that happened here, because I, I love all three of them. And I hope that nothing about this has to be too permanent of a painful situation. Yeah, hopefully there's another trip to San Diego that we can all speculate about. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I did see that Trey asked uh, Brett Vergara on Twitter, when's the next trip to San Diego? I'm just trying to see something. And uh, it made me laugh. <laughs> That is so good. Um, was there something about John Hershey, by the way? Yes. So this is like bonus fun fact bonus that team. also happened in the middle of San Diego. Okay. So Tuesday, which was like the first full day of San Diego, we were out on the beach. And this is when like there's a photo of us being goofy on the beach. There's, there's a bunch of photos from the ocean of this Tuesday. It was the first full day there. Um, so 
unbeknownst to us at the time, while we were on this specific beach in La Jolla, John Hersey was surfing this beach literally a hundred feet away from us. Obviously, we, we didn't, I didn't know who he was. None of us knew who he was at the time other than Katie. And even then, like, she had sent him home very early. So none of us really had John <laughs> on the radar at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so John is surfing on this exact beach. Very, very randomly, a rose floats by in the water. And he's like, that's incredibly strange. Like, why would a rose be in the water? Just a very strange occurrence. Anyway. Yeah. He surfs, he goes home, we take photos, we get ice cream, we go home. And later that afternoon, John sees from Katie's account, all these photos go up and realizes as he was surfing with this random rose floating by, he was literally a hundred feet away from the bachelorette who he had just filmed this season of on the same, it was such a random coincidence that we didn't find out about till a long time later. So that was like happening unbeknownst to any of us during the trip. And then of course the Dukes thing happened on the same trip. So either that Wednesday or Thursday, someone had suggested we go to Dukes for lunch. And so it was this very last minute idea. We go to this restaurant. That's where the infamous photo is taken where, you know, it's Chris, it's Jesenia, <laughs> it's Alana, it's everybody in one photo and it's at Dukes. And that, so, I wasn't following the Reddit spoilers at all at that point. I hadn't read Reality Steve for the season. Like, I didn't know any of what was being said. But we, we go to Duke's, we eat lunch, we take the photos, not even giving it a thought. We tag the photos, we go to the next spot, and suddenly we get notified, you just ate somewhere one of Katie's guys allegedly works. Mm -hmm. And so by total accident, the spoilers threads online just go wild with what does this mean? If this is a sign, John is F1. So anyway, through all of that speculation, at some point I reached out to John and made a joke about, I hope you and Katie are doing so well, blah, blah, blah. And anyway, a friendship was born out of all of that. But yes, the Duke's trip that threw off every spoiler page by total accident happened in the midst of the now infamous San Diego trip as well. So a lot happening that week, I guess, to summarize. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just so funny because I guess we're just all so like jaded to think that everything is like something being pulled on us or like scandal when sometimes people are literally just, you know, hanging out, having dinner. Well, and listen, I, I also did think to myself a lot of times that week, if you just had cameras filming these people living life. It would make great TV. And, and you know, you got to remember, like, part of the reason it was so anticlimactic is people were trying to be smart and cautious and wise about Paradise potentially coming up, right? So, like, I, I texted Katie last night. I feel like it was a seventh grade summer camp level of scandalous of what actually happened, you know? <laughs> Not, nothing to see here. But who knows if Paradise was not in the equation and it had just played out in San Diego, who even knows? I just think it, it actually would have been very entertaining TV all around, just in general, uh, without any forced VIP parties. But, um, you know, here we are. 
it happened as it happened. And there will certainly be more San Diego things to come. We know that. Yes. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. This was really fun. And also just like, you know, I, as I was talking, when I was talking to you last night, I was saying, I was like, even if the, if the story is just that it's not what everybody thinks, I think that's a story worth telling. Um, you know, it's not always going to be like this huge scandal. It's just, it's interesting to have context and it makes sense that there was, you know, maybe some sparks flying, but nothing, no one, you know, no one crossed any crazy lines. And even if they had, by the way, like this is like, these are not real rules. Like this is such a television show. Right. Well, no, and, and let me be clear. I don't actually believe these are like real legal moral yeah, yeah, rules yeah. either. I think I just stand up for the rules point so much because it was made such a transgression last night. Like yeah. how dare they come to paradise? And so that's why I just want to say, listen, as Tammy has said online, as Alana has said online, as Katie has said online, and so many others, everybody was friends. We promised there were no <laughs> relationships. Like, I'm so sorry, everyone. Um, but yeah, I, I'm happy to have answers for people about this trip. Now that Dukes is no longer uh, an incorrect spoiler, now that we don't have to wait to see what happens on Paradise, um, that is the San Diego trip. And also, shout out to Anna Redmond, who we have not seen on our TV screens, but who I love, who is also on that San Diego right. trip. Uh, who I'm obsessed with and, and became friends with her on that trip as well. I mean, honestly, like, Katie is such a connector of people. And truly, like, shout out to her, because that trip really was her bringing all of these people together, many of whom did not know each other and had not met before. And it really was the most fun week. So, you know, we all love friends like that, that yeah. bring together good people. The other headline from that trip was actually uh, Katie and Anna like becoming friends. Well, right. And I think that I'm going to be honest with you, as a viewer, um, Anna, and I think I said something, I, honestly, I was very tired and delirious by the end of that <laughs> trip, but I think I said something to her along these lines on the Saturday night or the Sunday morning as we were about to leave, but um, getting to know Anna for myself was actually something that really did, probably more than any other relationship, change the way I watch as a viewer now. Mm. I mean, this is such a silly example, but like I remember playing cards against humanity with Anna in the kitchen at, with, as soon as she had gotten there and like goofing off with Taylor Swift songs because she was the only one at that like group that would indulge me with my Taylor Swift playlist. Mm. And I remember realizing like, Anna, you're this very progressive girl with progressive values and just things clicking in my brain that were not who I believed that she was as a person up to that point. And it was this big moment for me of just realizing I really got this person wrong. Like, just having to accept. I think I have the wrong idea about who this person is. And I love Anna, and I'm so grateful to call her a friend. And I think that was a moment that still to this day, when I'm watching something and I find myself just wanting to despise somebody <laughs> uh, based on what I'm seeing and how it makes me feel, I do think about Anna Redmond. And of course, like there is the occasional person that just really is an asshole. Those exist in, right. in any television franchise. But there's a lot more delightful people that turn out to be even better off camera than you think. So yeah, 
I, I'm glad that we brought this up because I'm happy to shout out Anna in that sense. And it really did change the way I watched the show. I love that. And I also think there's just such a difference between being like sarcastic and funny and like attacking people. And I'm sure this has probably gone too far in whether you're Piper or Brendan or I don't even know the kind of messages that like Chris and Anna and Jesenny have gotten, but like people just need to chill. Like it is a TV show. You can joke about it without, you know, trying to hurt someone. Well, and I think that what people forget is it is just a sign that they did their job very well that the thing you're watching invokes such strong feelings. <laughs> because it does. Like I, and I find myself watching these things and I'm like, I feel so strongly that this person is the scum of the earth. <laughs> like, wh whenever I'm, I'm thinking or feeling that, um, it's always a reminder for me of, hey, any movie, any TV show, if it's done well, is supposed to make you feel things. So like, let's take a step back and just remember that the humanity of all of this is beneath whatever this is supposed to be making you feel. And good job, good job television, that it's making you feel so, so, so strongly. And also like, let me assure you, 95% of these people you would have the best time with in a bar, in a restaurant, in God forbid I say it, San Diego. 95% of these people you would actually like. So when you find yourself looking at a TV screen, wishing they would just, you would never have to see them again, just remember that. You never know who you're going to meet and be, be surprised by. Chris, how about Chris Randone and Brett Vergara's beef being squashed and them taking a picture to get, that was another like mini headline from that trip is Chris Randone used to hate Brett Vergara and they had a Twitter exchange where he was like, I've seen the tweets, they're trash. <laughs> and, and I remember having that conversation at the San Diego trip of like, you know, Brett realizing that his perspective of Chris Randone was way different than what he had thought. And, you know, lots of aha moments for people, honestly, in that week. Yeah, I mean, your moral of the story, these people are 95% more fun to hang out with, or 95% of them are fun to hang out with. My moral of the story is we just need reality TV cameras on everyone at all times. <laughs> uh, listen, I do think we need the follow-up, not in like a very over-polished influencer way of like, here's my Essentia fridge, but like in the actual nitty-gritty of life and relationships. We need more follow-up series. I feel like Ben and Lauren was a trial of that and it wasn't a great run. Yeah. And that's not often attempted. I want some sort of version of something. I just, I don't know. I, there's something I would watch there. I agree. I've been actually saying for a while, but even before they did the Ben and Lauren thing, that they should have like a rotation and they can like follow different couples or people and they each get like an episode or something because I don't know. I mean, they are everyone. I don't know how much is going on that we need everyone to have their own show but if it was like a rotating thing of like a follow-up of the season of whoever was on the most recent one or like one of this the couples and stuff I just think it would just be an extended version of Instagram and everyone would watch it I agree I also would love to see and this is what the San Diego trip made me think I would love to see a paradise type version but with like as little I don't even want to say the word. I feel like, uh, should I use the Reddit term, the powers that be? <laughs> like as little human being in person involvement as possible, big brother house style, where it's mm -hmm. like a bunch of people in a house, there can be structure, there can be challenges, there can be whatever. 
But this is where I'm like, don't underestimate your cast. You could put so many groups of these people into a house and film and it'd be incredible television. So I don't know that we're ever going to see it. I don't think ABC likes the, we let them do their own thing and watch what happens, you know, type of TV very much. (laughs) But I can wish for it, okay? I agree. Well, thank you so much for your time. This was so fun. And like I said, I think it's important to give context sometimes. So thank you for offering to do so. Thank you for being curious about the San Diego trip. Thank you to Anna Redman for trademarking it. (laughs) Uh, And thank you to Katie for hosting everybody and bringing people together. I love it. Thank you so much. And now here is Dean Unglert and Kaylin Miller-Keys revealing fun secrets about the Boom Boom Room, the living conditions in Bachelor in Paradise, and so much more in a game of Bachelor Secrets. The first one, there's been a lot of talk about crabs and monkeys and all kinds of um, animals in Paradise. What was the craziest thing that you guys saw (laughs) animal-wise? I think it was mostly the crabs. Like the crabs would be in the shower and we were like terrified to go in the shower because they're just like claws out ready to they're not really going to do anything but i think that was the biggest one for me there was like a mythical story one season of like a creature that no one could really pin down what it was like it was like monkey like not monkey crab but like it was monkey and it was could like fly i think and it was like big and hairy (laughs) and i never personally saw it but there was a lot of whispers throughout the cast and the crew about like this mythical creature that like would sometimes come around and like strike fear into people (laughs) and then just as quickly be gone. Um, I, I, like I said, I've never seen it, so I can't like vouch for it specifically, but I remember quite a bit of rumblings about something weird like that happening one season. (laughs) Also, one of our favorite things to do when we were on the beach, we would like sit by the ocean at night and there are these birds with these really long beaks and they would just stab and kill the crabs. And that was like our, our fun little, thing to watch when we were bored. Three nights that we were there together. Yeah, Yeah, the three nights. I really don't understand the crab thing. Like, is it, why do people go to this place if there are just gonna be crabs everywhere and you can't walk? That's true, there are a lot of crabs. And you think of like going to the beach in Mexico, you don't really think of crabs, but there, there's- They're everywhere. And it's not in a closed space, like it's very open. So they can just come whenever they want. Yeah, like even, so my brother got married uh, like a half a mile away from there in May, and there was no crabs over there. Yeah, what? It was perfectly fine. Production puts them there. Planted. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, along with the mythical chupacabra creature that we. Is that what it's called? Chupacabra's not a real animal. <laughs> but um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. Dean, can you rank the living conditions on Paradise Winter Games and The Bachelorette? The living conditions were the worst in Winter Games, solely because. Yeah. It was like very similar where it's like, you know, everyone's kind of sharing a big room, but in winter game, like in paradise, you're confined to a space, but that space is pretty big and outdoors. In winter games, like you were just confined to the house and like you couldn't even really leave the house and it really sucked. And it, But it was filmed for a lot short amount of time. I think we were in winter games for like two weeks. So like it didn't really like mentally break you down, but it was just like kind of an annoyance. And then paradise, it's like so hot. so. I kind of like like that. I think the worst part about Paradise is, and I kind of like got a lot of weird looks for saying this always, but the worst part about Paradise is you can't escape the sound of the waves crashing. And it's like you're being you're being like audibly waterboarded or something, you know? <laughs> because it's just is nonstop, whether you want to turn it off or not, you can't. You didn't like that? I hate 
I like, I like, don't get me wrong. I like waves crashing as much as the next person, but for three weeks in a row of every like 10 seconds of wave crashing, oh, it's, so peaceful. it's insanity <laughs> just brewing in my head. So I think, I think it goes winter games, worst bachelor in paradise beach second. And then bachelorette, it was the best. Cause you were like moving around quite often and the food is always really good. That's a really good question. I never thought of that before. Thank you. Um, Kaylin, what is one beauty product that all of the women would fight for or share the most in the mansion or on the beach? Ooh, a couple of us, this isn't necessarily like a beauty product per se, but a couple of us brought our own mirrors and in the mansion, especially like there's only a few bathrooms. So I think whoever brought that mirror, like that was a big fight over those. Checks out. Um, during your time on the franchise, did either of you ever see anyone bring something that got taken away because it wasn't allowed? Yeah. <laughs> I've heard stories, but I never saw anything. What stories? Uh, you don't have to name well, names. Just, oh, well, phones, obviously. Like, people would try to sneak in phones and, like, have old phones with their current SIM cards and just sneak in other things that they shouldn't really be bringing in. Like what? Like pills. <laughs> oh, pills. Damn. Just heard stories. Never seen anything. Yeah. I uh, I brought a phone. I tried to sneak in a phone in my last you did? paradise. I did. I brought it. It worked and everything. And I was, I got, I checked into the hotel room and like two hours after checking in, I like called one of the producers and I was like, Hey, can you come to my room real quick? And they come to my room and I was like, I feel really guilty. I snuck a phone in and I want you guys to have it. Oh my so God. Get, yeah. <laughs> And they were like, oh my gosh, okay. that's, uh, that's really nice of you to tell us. And yeah. I, uh, my first season of Paradise, kind of a lot more of the same. Like, I remember one of my buddies, and I'm not going to name names either, but I remember he, would, like, he like, pulled me into the bathroom like a weekend, and he's like all over his iPad in the bathroom. Like, it's like somehow on a Wi-Fi connection over there. What? And I was like, how are you, A, like how are you connected to the internet? And B, how did you get this big iPad past like all of the people that are like, you know, more or less like checking your bag and like how often are you coming to the bathroom to just like sit on your iPad? A lot of questions, but uh, yeah, it, I don't know. I wouldn't want my phone or iPad. I think that's the best part is just being like so totally detached because we'll never have an experience like that again, I feel like. I agree. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to get my phone back because I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do this real. Yeah. Right. Wow, interesting. Um, are there rules about what you can wear on either show? For example, in Paradise, I assume you can't wear sunglasses because no one no one does. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no sunglasses, no like logos. Yeah, they don't like busy prints. I've noticed this season of Paradise, they're doing a lot of like black boxing or like, uh, you know, like the blurry little box to, to I guess, Perfect. keep it more PG rated. Which, yeah. Which is kind we're of weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're to mess with us and make it seem like things are as PG as they are. I never know. Well, the, the whole yeah. Kenny, right. The whole Kenny thing for sure, I think was just like a, a funny little sarcastic take on his little mankini. But there were like, there were a couple of conversations that I like looked into the background and it's just like a big brown box, like a, like a skin colored box. And I'm like, what is the point of that? And I guess like, they just don't want this butt to like detract from the conversation that's going on or something like that. But uh, I'm trying to think if I ever got like an outfit vetoed. I, um, I've heard with the girls on like row ceremony days, if you're all wearing the same dress color, they'll try to pivot you, but I don't know if that's true. Yeah. I don't think we ever ran into that issue, but. Well, there was one time Kaylin and I were on camera together 
and I wanted to wear white and she was already <laughs> wearing white and they were like, you shouldn't wear you white You guys too. look like you belong to a cult. Yeah. <laughs> and so I wore something that wasn't white. And we kind of did. We looked a little, I don't know, like nine perfect strangers or something. I'm trying to think. There's definitely some cases where um, I wanted to wear something and they like advised me not to, but I can't remember when. I just know for a fact it happened at some point. I don't know either, but yeah, they, they're, they're like not super strict with the dress code. They just like want everything to be like easy for, for, for everyone, you know, I don't know. Look good on camera. Yeah. Um, two more boom, boom room, very popular on paradise, especially this season. Do you have uh, to reserve it? What are the logistics of the boom, boom yeah. room? I only really have experience of it or knowledge of it for my first season. And, uh, I remember a lot of people were like fighting over it, you know, and they're like, like people thought they were entitled to the boom boom room because they were like a couple before the other couple. So it was like a seniority thing. And then, you know, like someone would sneak into the boom boom room and then another person would go in there with their partner and like find the other person in there. And they're like, what are you doing? Like, this is our night for the boom boom room. Oh my gosh. So there was a lot of, in uh, ours, in Caitlin in my season, there wasn't really in my memory, anything that happened that was dramatic like that. But in my first season, cause like, who did you have? You had like Derek and Taylor um i don't think adam and raven really were doing much but there was like a couple other people kind of like oh who was it I'm, i wish i could remember but i remember derek and taylor were like the main ones going there more most often because they were like a pretty solid relationship um and then they were like you know like i don't know felt like they maybe had seniority to go into the boom boom room over other people who were just like hooking up or something yeah i know our season the boom boom rooms are the only rooms that have ac so yeah. once we figured that out, the girls started to get ready in there. We we're like, oh, we didn't know we could just like go in here. So all of the girls would like pile into like one small room together in that. But that's the only time I've experienced all the girls. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the last one, are the, I know there's like a drink minimum rule in Paradise. Are there different drinking rules on The Bachelor or Bachelorette versus Paradise? Or is it the like two drink minimum hour or maximum hour thing all around yeah it's the same for both but he got to experience no rules i think for two three seasons no just one season one season <laughs> for one season of bachelorette no rules oh man those were the glory days <laughs> uh they, but no it's the same for everyone they've got like a little binder with your with your picture in it um every time you get served a drink they do a little tick mark in it and then every hour it resets so there were uh i'm sure it's more or less the same now, but I remember there were ways to like, not cheat the system, but just like kind of get the most out of the experience where it's get like- Get two drinks at 2.55 and yeah. then get two more drinks right at 3. At 3.55, right. right. <laughs> or 3.05. So yeah, there's definitely some of that going on. But I do think that the drink rule instated it is a good thing. I do too. We were, it could be crazy. We were just watching uh, Bachelor in Paradise season one, episode one yesterday. And it's why. so funny because like there's, I know just randomly, I don't know why. <laughs> And uh, it's funny to watch them because they're like kind of more like drunk messes, like yeah, in the like first episode. Yeah, like the ocean and just like. And you don't really see much of that anymore. Like you definitely see like um, drunk people on Paradise now, but not like not like the sun is still up and they're like wasted and like making the fool out of themselves. Now it's like a, just a little bit more cerebral, I guess. But I think it's a good thing at, at the end of the day. I think there's less tears now. There's still a lot of tears. But I feel like those couple early seasons. I mean, Claire alone, there was a lot of tears. <laughs> Yeah, I so I never watched the first season, any season Paradise Claire's been on, and it's fun to watch uh, that one because it's like obviously we all know Claire, 
um, through all her Paradise and then Winter Games and then the Bachelorette, of course. And so it's fun to like kind of watch back and um, see some more of her in the early days. Talking to the raccoons. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Here for the Right Reasons. Don't forget to leave us five stars and come back every Tuesday and Friday for more Bachelor breakdowns, interviews, and all things Bachelor Nation. Bye.